choking too Sipping and roasting is what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Well, 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 well. That sounds like a party about to begin, ladies my and well, gentlemen. My well, well was thrown off because my mic wasn't on quite in time. So I got a uh, well, 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 well. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, you you pulled it out. Right. You saved it. Yeah. So if, if it was a little off there, that's that's why. I'm I'm a creature of habit. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, Mom. as the world-famous Smoking and toasting. Our program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We'll be talking about all of those things today because those are, quite frankly, good things. That's all I know how to mm. talk about, to be honest. Uh, this is show number 339. That's halfway to 400, my friend. Uh, we're, we're getting there quickly, I've done man. the math. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate because... <laughs> I mean, I did grow up in Liberty, but that's the math I know. But I refuse to do math on the show, so <laughs> so that's uh, it's good that you're here to, <laughs> like, to that's accomplish That's not my job. That. Yeah, it's good that you're here to accomplish <clears throat> that. Uh, I want to say big thanks to uh, last week's special guest, Michael Fothrop, the brand ambassador for Cavassier. If oh, you missed fantastic. last week's show, we were getting quite fancy. Yes. Cavassier. <laughs> And, and when in doubt, you know, pinky out. And they, there was we we tasted two expressions, one that would have been on the upper end of my budget, and one that would have been completely <laughs> light years away from my budget. But boy, were they both good! They really were. Like so. like, like that second one we tried was was not a bad price for a car. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I was like, wait, what like did I've you spent say? that much on a used yeah, car? Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, we're excited about today's show. We're going to be talking about the best whiskeys and the best whiskey bars, and that's something we actually even had in the title of the show a couple of weeks ago and never got to. So, right. Yeah. So, so we'll sometimes we get distracted and start talking about you know Nicholas Cage or something. <laughs> it happens. It has yeah. happened on more than one occasion, <laughs> as a matter of fact. And today, show number three hundred and thirty-nine for smoking and toasting marks yet another landmark for this show. Another moment in time, if you will, because today. We have people in the studio actually observing the show. <laughs> have no well, idea what they're in why for. Why don't you uh, introduce your uh, your guest observers <laughs> who are over here? So we have uh, we have Bill Monroe and his son. <laughs> uh, I met Bill at um, at uh, kind of a little social gathering at uh, Bojangles Music Studio where I teach cool. guitar, mm -hmm. and uh, him and some colleagues were there, and I happened to be finishing up my lessons, and we got to hang out and talking about. Uh, well, the whiskey we were drinking and things like that, and, mm -hmm. and he was interested in checking out the um, the podcast. podcast yeah. So, so well, I invited well, him on. Well, well welcome here. If, we, if we're to the point, first, first of all, we reached to that point where we started claiming that we were world famous because my mom became aware that the show existed, <laughs> and that's you have to understand. My mom doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, doesn't like that I do any of those things, and so I never talked to her about it because why bring that up with mom? And uh, so when she became aware that the show existed, that's when I knew truly our fame had grown to some pretty interesting proportions. We've hit the big time, and and now we've hit yet another uh, major major spot for us because we've got. People We're, actually observing the show, right. and and I'll just say now, this is a good, a very good sort of a masterclass in what not to do in podcasting. So, <laughs> so take notes. Also, don't try this at home. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I mean, that, that, that's <laughs> yeah. why we're trying it. Too. Try it at home if you like. <clears throat> I have brought us in a mystery beverage today, Ian. This is uh, one of the you, weirdest looking mystery yes, beverages I've is. seen. I'm not sure it's what color that is. Greenish, blackish, greenish, bluish gray. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. Uh, I have fluorocarbon strings on my um, 
ukulele and it's almost the exact same color. I'm sure that reference doesn't help anybody. I was going to say, yeah, you, you connected with a whopping group of people that are familiar There's with one the person ukulele out that strings. It's like, oh, I know exactly what that looks like. It uh, you ever, you ever like see Odd Mountain Dew. <laughs> it, it kind of does. Now, isn't there a Mountain Dew that's this color? I, I think there, I mean, yes, there has to be. There's so many colors of Terry, Mountain Dew. Terry, yes. our engineer, is a Mountain Dew like, guy. Yeah, right? Blackberry yes. Smoke or something yeah, like yeah. that? Wait, that's a band. That's it? a yeah. band, yep. <laughs> so so I will I will tell you, if you're not familiar with us doing the mystery beverage, this is where one of us will bring something in, not let the others know what it is until it's been tasted and pronounced to be either it, good, bad, or otherwise. It actually smells slightly like berry and mostly like nothing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of not, nose going on. Not much on, on the nose. So, uh, so, drink up, guys, and tell me what you think. Oh, it's um, nothing like what I expected. It has a little, um, it has a charcoal kind of flavor going on to it, doesn't it? Like a, yeah, that's dark. like a charcoal aftertaste. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of? Except for it's not stuck in my teeth. Remember those bushes that your grandmother would have growing at her house that had those little <laughs> berries on them that smelled real funky? Uh -huh. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what, what they're called, but you know yeah. what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I do, yeah. These little hard gray berries that, that would yeah. grow on the, and, and they'd be used like to line a sidewalk or something. Mm -hmm. That's what this reminds me. I don't me. know that I like this very it's much. It's not. It's definitely not a Mountain Dew flavor. It's not uh, no. sweet. Like There's Mountain no sweetness. No, no I was expecting sweet. I kind of. Yeah, I, I, I was too. It's it's it's. I don't like it at all. Charcoaly bitter and um, it leaves my mouth watering, but not necessarily in the best way. So I'll tell you this: it is a beer. It, this is a beer. This is a beer. Yes. And how now, do they even? How do they even call this a beer? Like it has no beer-like qualities. They call it a beer because it is brewed. Right up the street from us at Eureka Heights, ladies and gentlemen, I present you with Lavender Bunny. Aha. Uh -huh. I have actually tried this before and didn't like it that Buckle either. Bunny with Lavender. And I in love it. Eureka Heights. And I and I love Buckle Bunny. I love mm. Eureka so Heights. So this is this cream is... ale, which butterfly which Buckle Bunny is, with lavender butterfly pea flower. No, with lavender and butterfly pea flower. So that's Two different was it things, butterfly so pea is that, flower? Uh, is that the flavor we're tasting? Butterfly when, pea flower. When butterflies pee on a flower, and then you like uh, add it into the uh, no, I, I'm not I'm not crazy about this. They say we added a little bit of magic is their word uh, to this delightful uh, cream ale. Uh, butterfly pea flower and lavender help create. It's hard to read because the the can the can's shiny reflects yeah. this crazy rainbow. It's like thing. an iridescent can. Uh, 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 butterfly pea flower and lavender help create the perfect harmony on this can of purple drink. Purple drink. Purple drink. Yeah. Purple drink. But not sweet like purple drink. Yeah. No, 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 I, I, this I is not slowing my roll. Yeah. This <laughs> for, <laughs> sure. for sure. So yeah. So I think this was a unanimous no from us. Uh, no. The, uh, uh, and and I love Eureka Heights. They're, I do too. Uh, you know, I mean, they 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 created Buckle Bunny and immediately went off and got gold at GABF. Yeah. Like Buckle that's Bunny how is, good that beer is. It is one of the best cream ales like it's ever. It's so good, and it's they have really a good. ton of other great beers. This one. Not my favorite. I mean, maybe I love, it, it tastes seltzer-like, so I could see someone yeah, maybe enjoying that. Yeah. I like that it's not sweet, but I don't like anything else about it. I love Buckle Bunny because it's the perfect beer to recommend if you are talking to someone who likes, you know, who is essentially a macro brew right. drinker. And they're like, well, what would I like? And you know you're not going to hit them over the head yeah, with a if big they drink, if they drink IPA or a, or, a, or a, you know, barley wine or something. You can't really help somebody, though, that, that really likes Bud Light and or um, Coors Light. Though. Yeah. That's, there's no help for that. Well, but you can always try to bring them along and you let them try some <laughs> Buckle Bunny. You know, it's, it's kind of like saying, well, if all you ever eat is hamburgers, I can't introduce you to a good steak, right? <laughs> well, I suppose there's that, right? Yeah, and yeah, and, and of course, the only problem with that 
comparison is there are some really amazing hamburgers. Yeah, I've true, yet I've yet true. to taste the amazing Coors Light. I mean Bubba's Burger over there on, yeah. uh, oh, on dude, West Park. Oof. Dude, that that place I used to live Under close the to there. Yeah, I used, shack I used to go the there it's amazing. all the time. I haven't been back in a long time, but I you you got now I'm going. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, you totally reminded me. And it's just an old house. Yeah, under the freeway. Under the freeway. Yeah. And it's great. It's absolutely great. If you're ever in Houston, look it up. Bubba's Burgers. Uh, so welcome to Smoking and Toasting number 339. My name is Cruz. My uh, erstwhile co-host is Ian Barry. Howdy, y'all. Uh, on the Wheels of Steel, we have Mr. Terry Michaels, and Adam in the Sky is our uh, executive producer of the show. Um, wanted to ask if you'd had an opportunity to smoke anything interesting this weekend. Well, you know, it's funny you ask, because I did. I, I tipped over to uh, Casa Monte Cristo mm-hmm. this morning and rifled through their uh, ample supply of cigars. <laughs> you know, they don't like when you rifle through. <laughs> rifle they, through. they do have a great selection. But How about rifling, a pillage? Is that better? Probably not. No. <laughs> probably not. No. But uh, uh, at least you were pillaging without the raping. That's the good part. Is that? Yeah. Is that. Um, so uh, so I, I ended up with a Romeo and Julieta, the um, oh, nice. book of love. <coughs> oh, I've read about this. I believe we actually talked about mm-hmm. this as one to we look for. It coming released, out. It just came yes. out recently, mm-hmm. like a month ago, I think, or maybe uh, sooner. Uh, this is a 6x52 Toro. Um, it's an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, uh, uh, Dominican binder, and filler. The inter- One of the cool interesting things is the... Um, the packaging that the uh, cigars come in, they come in a box that looks like a, a book that you open up. Right, a big red the book. book of love. Yes, yeah. And um, anyway, the appearance on this, it's a beautiful cigar. It's gentle milk chocolate in color, somewhat uh, gentle color. I don't, I'm not sure where I, I came I, up with that, I, but I, I like gentle it. Gentle color, that, that's descriptive. Yeah, right. somewhat uneven texture. Uh, I was going to say lumpy, but I like somewhat uneven By texture. By the way, this better. is not a gentle color, just so you know. <laughs> that's not, that's not yeah, too yeah. gentle. Um uh it's uh it's veiny it's oily it's a medium firmness overall with some softer spots on it classic romeo uh romeo julieta uh band uh plus a, a secondary book of love band uh and then it's boxed like a book i already said that the pre-light sniff on this i got coffee and mocha earth and some sweet mulch kind of like mm-hmm. rich you know uh, yeah, when someone just turns the uh, mulch into the ground kind I of i like flavor. to call it loamy loamy nice i like that uh let's see i used a uh, a punch the pre-light draw on this i use a punch it had a light draw a uh, light tobacco flavors sweet raisin was very present in that some coffee tangy leather um note on the lips uh the initial light on this was earthy and leathery classic tobacco and tea leaf uh retro hail sweet and nutty the first third of this overall sweetness comprised of uh, leather earth tea leaf raisin and a touch of coffee followed by fermented hay cashew baking spices and a kiss of pepper i'm not saying that this was a complex cigar right off the bat but mm-hmm. wow this was pretty complex right off the bat cool um and i, I, I used uh two different um syllables on complex in that last sentence um tangy <laughs> leather on the lips retrohale is a uh, campfire and nutty solid ash perfect burn the nice. second third of the cigar massive plumes of sweet smoke delivered uh, sweet nutty and complex flavors sweet tea and leather move forward and usher in tangy woody notes uh, i need to get a um I need, I need to get something to stop using the word sweet but i'm gonna use that a bunch more um uh, <laughs> the retrohale is sweet and nutty with a kiss of pepper solid ash perfect burn you'll see that in the picture right here um the last third of this solid medium strength profile is is kind of where it, it started kind of where it stayed baking spices and pepper ramp up a little bit here and surprisingly accentuate the sweet raisin and earthy notes it's really good up to this point and then a slightly bitter flavor was introduced mm. and it didn't get any better it, the, the the bitter flavor kind of was distracting uh it was a little uh frustrating and then um 
Uh, so I kind of got, I was over the cigar. The Retro Hale is woody and sweet with pepper and solid ash. Perfect burn. This cigar, $13.62. I had a feeling it was not cheap. Yeah, yeah it's not cheap. It's, that's, that's definitely a super premium range. And um, I give it a solid four. It was a really good cigar right up to the end where it got yeah, that bitterness. Yeah, you were cooking along until yeah. the bitterness hit, right? Um, but at that price range, uh, I can get I can get cigars that don't have a disappointing end to them. Right, right. I did love a lot of things about it. That incredibly oily wrapper was really nice. The kind of wrapper you could just chew on and you know it's not going to break even. Do you think the bitterness is something that was kind of like inherent <clears throat> in the blend? Or you think it could have been just the one you had? It's or? possible. I don't know. I mean, if you like the flavors, it's worth the cigar is worth at least trying for the flavors that, uh, mm -hmm. that, I, gave, that I gave and up. And it's a pretty... Pretty consistent brand yeah. overall. Uh, you Romeo, know? that is hard to go wrong with any right. other blends. Yeah. So. I think some of the first cigars I ever tried were Romeo and Julieta's. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And I still uh, smoke them to this day. In fact, just got a couple of Romeo and Julieta's by A.J. Fernandez in the Humidor this week. Nice. So, so looking forward to smoking those. Uh, I'll tell you about uh, my cigar uh, for this week coming up in the next uh, segment. We are going to take a break here momentarily, but I also want to let you know that we're going to be tasting some very interesting things on the program Like today. lavender beer? Yeah, well, maybe maybe less interesting than that, but probably more delicious. You kind of um, you kind of turned me off of lavender anyway. I, I wouldn't have gone. I'm, I'm not a it. big lavender guy. My ex-wife mm. used to chew lavender gum, and mm. I always thought it was just ugh. that's that's not an edible flavor. That's a smelling flavor. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like for laundry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, but in addition to our lavender mystery beverage, uh, we'll be tasting from Sapwood Cellars Brewery their Drink It Down English Style Brown A. They're out of Colum uh, Brown Ale. I'm sorry, they're out of Columbia, Maryland, and uh, there's a lot of great breweries in that area of Columbia. From Thirsty Planet Brewing in Austin, Texas, their Fat Bat Hazy IPA. I haven't tried that one. And from Equilibrium Brewery in uh, Middletown, New York, uh, their Graceland Imperial Pastry Stout. And uh, Graceland, obviously a reference to where Elvis lives or mm -hmm. lived. And there is a banana on the front. So I don't know if this live. is going to be. Uh, well, he may. He doesn't still live, but he may reside. Oh. Yeah, so we'll get to. I, I feel like I uh, saw him at a we'll get amusement to all of that. park one Plus, time. plus the Whistler, an Irish whiskey finished in Imperial Stout barrels. We'll get to all of that coming up. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, our show all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. I love those things. All the way up to number 339 this week, and uh, heard, by the way, on uh, radio stations all across the country, or at least in a couple of spots <laughs> a couple across of spots, the, right. the, the country. And, uh, and It starts growing. with a pebble, sir. So welcome to our uh, our esteemed radio audience. And uh, EJ, uh, EJ. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself with what I'm going to talk about here. Uh, Ian uh, told you about his cigar this week, the uh, Monte Cristo. Or I'm sorry, the Romeo and Julieta Book of Love. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to tell you about mine, uh, the AJ Fernandez Rosa de Guadalupe Robusto. Ooh. Now I'm not completely sure how I missed this cigar. As a devoted AJ fanboy, you would think that I would be up to speed on everything he releases, including what he does on the side for other cigar makers and brands. But somehow, in between my love for the New World Dorado and the Bella Artez, I completely overlooked the Rosa de Guadalupe, which, by the way, is Spanish for Rosa of Guadalupe. Yes, yes. Just in case you needed to, you know. Good translations. AJ apparently released this cigar back in 2019, and for whatever reason, it has flown much more under the radar than uh, his other creations. So I took it upon myself to check it out and to see if it's worth your time and money to track this one down. Because it's not quite as ubiquitous as some of his other blends. 
the Rosa de Guadalupe is a wonderful, smooth, dark brown cigar with almost no visible veins. Plus, it was packed solid with tobacco. I mean, it was just, it was Super almost tight. hard to the yeah. touch. Yeah. So much that I worried that the draw might be problematic. But uh, AJ's Blend on the Rosa used a Mexican San Andres wrapper uh, draped around Nicaraguan binder and filler. Pretty much textbook AJ Fernandez mm -hmm. combination. I used a punch and took in the pre-light aroma, black pepper, chocolate, earth, and a malty note. So far, oh, that so sounds good. nothing like AJ. Yeah, uh, I toasted the food. That's why I said so far, so good, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. I toasted the foot and got a nice little Nicaraguan pepper blast uh -huh. before the Rosa settled down into a medium-bodied first third. Uh, pepper took center stage pretty much from the beginning, uh, which left a nice tang on my tongue. Beneath the pepper were malt, tea leaf, cedar, and chocolate. Construction seemed very good at the outset, and the Rosa de Guadalupe gave off a nice volume of gray-blue smoke. Not a great cigar to smoke if you're around people who complain about cigar smoke. <laughs> Lots it was, of smoke. It was a lot, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, um, you know, the draw, I needn't have worried. It was absolutely perfect. By the second third, we had uh, entered medium to full-bodied territory, and there seemed to be no looking back. While the first third smoked more like AJ's Enclave series, the second gave me more of a New World vibe. A little bit of earthiness crept into the mix at this point, and a sort of savory note as well, kind of like the smoked crust of a well-grilled steak. Nice. Uh -huh. A little charcoal -y. The blend reminded me of uh, a little bit of a Man of War, which was one of AJ's early mm -hmm. blends. Early uh, blend. not, not quite as much complexity as a New World, but plenty of pepper and plenty of punch. By the last third, it was an out-and-out, full-bodied cigar. Leather was added to the mix. The savory meatiness began to share top billing with the pepper. The pepper, by the way, was less of a black pepper vibe and almost a little bit of jalapeno. Oh, I really, huh. really kind of like that. Draw and burn were what every cigar should aspire to, especially sticks that cost $8 or more. I've had $15 cigars that didn't burn this well, and that's a tribute to the skill of the rollers in AJ's factory. Mm -hmm. I broke the first chunk of ash off into the ashtray when it was about an inch and a half long, and it sat there solid in the tray like the entire time. No flakiness, no relights or adjustments needed for the burn. The cigar finished strong, both in uh, flavor and in strength, ramping up to full-bodied in the last third. I also got a toasted almond flavor that was a nice addition to the overall vibe in the last third. Cigar smoked for well over an hour, which is pretty good for a Robusto. Yeah. Uh, overall, I enjoyed the Rosa de Guadalupe very much, although I do still have other favorites at AJ's line that I may like a little better. Still, I will add this to my regular cigar rotation for sure. And the fact that I have a regular cigar rotation should tell you a lot about me. Uh, de Guadalupe is a 6 to $7 cigar and more than worth the asking price. Price to quality, I would give it a 6 And yes, I am a fanboy. That kept me from rating it even higher. I'm trying to be objective for you guys. So, you know, so I don't want to just go, oh yeah, whatever. Uh, Alright, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time to start a tasting. And I don't mean lavender beer. We're going to taste some stuff that I think we're going to really like coming up next on Smoking that sounds awesome. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And that sound right there. And that's a wonderful, wonderful sound. It's like a beacon. Like, you know, instead you know, of, if you could have amplified that, 
that would have been better than the triangle that they used to ring for dinner. You know, here's the thing. Like, we try to keep things authentic. So instead of having a recording of opening a beer, we actually sacrifice an actual beer every single time you hear that sound. Yes. And I would say that no beers were killed during this uh, broadcast. Yeah, no. But that would be a lot. All these beers were harmed, yes. (laughs) Yes. And most (laughs) of them were completely killed by the time it's all over. (laughs) I just wanted to mention this last week. uh, The entertainment business lost one of its tiny giants. Um, Pee Wee Herman passed away this week, and I'm really sad about that because I was a, I was I was, I was a fan of Pee Wee. Like I I just thought the stuff that he did was this weird sort of infantile <laughs> genius. You know, he had that little laugh. I, I don't know. It's anyway. Just wanted to, you know, wanted to say hey to uh, Pee Wee and thanks for all the entertainment and uh, uh, you will be missed. Although I haven't seen him do much of anything recently. He's he's been in a few few. Reno nine one one was the last stuff I had seen him. Yeah, that way he was doing that. And you know, don't forget he did the Disney stuff. Don't forget he did Fly to the Navigator. He was the actual spaceship. And on the Star Tours ride there in Disney, he originally played the uh, the captain of the ship, the little robot that accidentally got. Stuck in there, and that was Pee Wee screaming around and, in and there. And he was in one of the Batman movies, was yeah, I think he was. He played the penguin in something. Oh. It wasn't it. Maybe it was the cartoon one that they have. Was it? The, I, was I it? forget now Don't because know. there's been so many iterations. But anyway, uh, we'll uh, we'll toast to Pee Wee as we try our next uh, beverage. And the beverage that we're trying in this is a very this interesting Sapwood, brown ale. Sapwood Cellars, uh, drink it down. I love the name of it already. Yeah, that's a great name. Um, coming in at five point two percent alcohol by volume. It's an English style brown <clears throat> ale, which automatically makes me think of. It's, you know, <laughs> it uh, says this isn't an India brown ale or sour brown. Or an imperial brown. It's just a classic brown brew with English Maris otter, chocolate, and caramel malts. Ooh. Hopped with uh, crystal and fermented uh, with our house English ale. The result has notes of coffee, ice cream, toasted bread, and orange marmalade. Cheers, Mike and Scott. So right as you said chocolate, what, did you, what was it? Chocolate something malts? Uh, uh, chocolate um, chocolate and caramel malts. Chocolate oh my and gosh. caramel malts. Right as you this is said those. outrageously good. Right as you said those words, those flavors totally hit my palate as I was taking that first sip. And you're right about the coffee. I, I get that more on the finish. But, uh, boy, chocolate the caramel The retro hail is all coffee. Mm-hmm. Like you take a sip and then breathe gently out of your nose. All coffee. That's all coffee. Uh, and it leaves a coffee finish, I think. It does. For sure, it does. On the but, it, but, it is, but in a good kind of English bitters kind of way. Right. It's so interestingly coffee bitter, but English bitter kind of thing. So what is that brown ale that's the most, the Newcastle brown Newcastle ale? Newcastle brown ale. This is a little more full flavored than a Newcastle. Yes. I yes. like Newcastle, but yeah. this is more full flavored. Newcastle's fine, especially if you find Newcastle in a little mini keg, man. Mm. It's really, really good. Cause I was going to say, I don't know if I've ever had it on Then tap. you don't get any of the uh, exposure from the clear bottle on the yeah, Newcastle. It's yeah. really, really nice. But drink it down. This uh, brewery, Sapwood Cellars Brewery, uh, Columbia, Maryland, out of Columbia, Maryland, and I have uh, a buddy of mine is uh, from the Baltimore area, and he keeps telling me we've got to go to Columbia and do like a show because there's it, so many cool breweries. There. This has to be a little tongue in cheek, but it says this beer is vegan. <laughs> Isn't all beer vegan? <laughs> I, I, I would think so. <laughs> or, or it's like, like I don't think like, we I don't think we brew it with beef broth usually. You to, know? <laughs> to borrow a, a line from Ron White, the comedian, you mean to tell me there's no ham in this? Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm gonna need some chicken broth. I'm making a beer. Yeah. Uh, and then it says enzymatically treated to uh, remove gluten, so it's also gluten free. Mm, mm. Now gluten is something that uh, happens in beer, so if you are sensitive to gluten, as I have a few friends that are, um, but there are some good gluten free beers. Yeah, 
Yeah, agreed. There are. You have, agreed. may have to search them out, but agreed. they do exist. And this one would uh, be added to that. Not list. so much with lavender beers. No, no, gluten free. There's yes. not a lot of good lavender beers that I'm I. Aware although of. I've tried a lot of lavender free beers that are actually quite good. Lavender free beers. Yes, yeah, lavender the ones that have beers. no lavender, have in, no them. lavender yeah. in them. Yeah, I'm with that I really that. truly enjoy. I'm with you on that. Well, so we're, we're lambasting them a little bit, aren't we? Yeah, but but see, <laughs> I feel like we can do it because we love these guys. Those at, guys, they're so funny at, anyway. Uh, guys, and and. I want to totally say this because I really do mean this. I wasn't crazy about the beer, but I love that they tried to do it. You know what I mean? Their brewery is a hoot, too. If you're ever in Houston, went, oh, yeah. it's just north of I-10, um, just outside of downtown in the Heights. I came out to see your former band play out there. You did, and we didn't play. That was that's a whole what, story. Yeah, that that's when the, bass, for the bass player got in his car and drove away or something like that. No, yeah, it, was, it was a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it was a whole thing. But your current <laughs> band is uh, is doing really good, aren't you? Yeah, so the, I got a country band that we're playing called uh, Willow Creek Junction, if you yep. get a chance to uh, download it, check it out. People can check out on like Spotify. Yeah, Spotify, and, and, all that. So we just released a song called Best Boots that's been doing pretty well on Texas charts uh, and around. Well, that's why I wanted to ask, because I heard you like got some sort of you topped a particular chart. Yes, and I can't remember which one it was, but uh, one of the unique download charts, I yeah, think. It's the Cruz's favorite chart. Uh, the Cruz's favorite yeah, chart. You're number one with a bullet. <laughs> number one with a bullet. So yeah, so it's, it's been it's been going pretty well. It's been getting a little bit of a, a little bit of viral uh, uh, movement out there. I'm pretty, pretty happy about that. We're about to drop another one called um, called uh, Nack of Nowhere. If you're from the Texas area, you know where Nack of Nowhere is. Yeah, I've been there. I've There's been a town there. called Nacogdoches that's pretty far out you yep, know that's yep. and it's, it's been lovingly referred to as neck and nowhere and for years that the, uh, also the, the home of uh was uh, the the college sfa sam houston mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. now i was gonna uh, um was Stephen gonna, f austin sorry to tie it all together um back to like talking about our favorite beers and stuff you guys play very frequently at one of my favorite breweries in the world. I know you haven't Lone, come out to see us Lone there Pine. yet. I know. I've seen you, but not there. Uh, I, I, I definitely need to do that. My problem is I live a long way from Lone Pine, and the idea of Ubering out there would be very expensive. The idea of driving out there and maybe only having one beer seems unlikely. See, so, so out in the country, we pack the house. Yeah. Like, we do. We bring out a bunch of yeah. people. We pack the house. And uh, and it really kind of boils down to the financials, you know. Mm-hmm. When you pack the house out there, you get paid well. You and drive you into beer. Houston, and club owners like, we can start your band at three hundred dollars. And I'm like, well, there's six of us, yeah. and you want us to bring a PA system, <laughs> right? Exactly. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. So well, I understand. And there's a lot of bands that make it. Uh, my wife and I went out this weekend uh, out to the Burbs and saw a uh, a really cool '70s funk revival local band called the Carl Tony Project, and they were nice. awesome. Are you awesome them. friends with these guys? Uh, I I met them at a uh, at a panel I was on. So you met them once and you'll drive out to see them, mm-hmm. but you don't come out to see my band. Well, it's at not, your favorite brewery. It's not all the way. <laughs> it, it, yeah, this is this is like just up two ninety a little ways. But yes, point Look, taken. I got you to turn red. To be taken. fair, they never malorded him. Yeah, they, that's true. Oh, well. That's a very good point. I've never been malorded by the Carl Tony band, and they gave my wife a rose. So you know, they, well, there, there you yeah. go. Hey, uh, I wanted to tell you uh, about speaking of uh, you know speaking of texas things we're talking about uh, texas bands and texas things um there's an irish distillery called clonakilty are you familiar with it uh-uh. all right well they are collaborating with one of our favorite texas distilleries garrison well, brothers diggity dog yeah it's pretty cool that's They're, dog spelled with a w by the d-a-w-g oh, and i thought it was D- texas i thought it was d-o-g-g 
No, 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 no that's that's, that's Snoop Dogg. That, that's California. It. All right. So, Clonic Guilty Distillery <laughs> they is a, party. They're a family-run, state-of-the-art distillery located on the southwestern Irish coast, and an unlikely collaboration has broken out between them and Garrison Brothers Distillery, and they've announced the release of a seven-year-old Irish single malt whiskey, which will enter into the Texas market as a unique fusion of Irish whiskey and Texas bourbon. Oh, I'm in. I want to try that. Doesn't that sound yeah, good? Yeah, it sounds now, great. We're, we're trying an Irish whiskey today, but the, the I'm a the fan. Whole Some people don't like Irish whiskey as, as kind of a uh, as a whole, but I I'm a fan of Irish. One whiskey. of my favorite go tos is Slain, which Slane's is great. Irish whiskey. It's great. It's affordable. Red Breast is amazing. All oh, expensive. Oh, oh, uh, and that, that Dude, but Jameson gets Jameson gets uh, talked down because I think it's one of those things where you, when you get so ubiquitous, like someone mm-hmm. like Jameson is like, if you ask anybody, do you know what an Irish whiskey is? It'd be like Jameson, right? But they're great. That's, yeah. That whiskey's fine. I have a Jameson uh, like special uh, bottle that I've been slowly working on for a while. It's the Distiller's Dog. Oh, yeah. And that's a really, I really good I remember that. You whiskey. brought it in. Yeah, I did bring it in. Of course, I had already cleared the neck and taken I noticed on the it. Irish whiskey today, you didn't follow the OSHA compliance of- No, uh, no. So you're so going to have to be I'm gonna really be, careful. I'm going to be at risk of- uh, Put on of your goggles and helmet. Scratching yeah. and or cutting my finger that'll by be, taking the uh, foil off of That'll there. be later on in the show. By the way, when we get to that whiskey, interestingly enough, it's not just an Irish whiskey, but it is an Irish whiskey that has been finished- in Imperial Stout Barrels. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited. I'm not familiar with the Boan Distillery, but their whiskey is called The Whistler and finished in Imperial Stout Barrels. I'm really psyched to try this. Because, you know, often by the time we get to, if we're sampling a whiskey on the show, by the time we get to that, maybe in the next segment we'll have our biggest beer, which sometimes is, a, right. is an Imperial Stout. And it's always interesting how those two will complement each other when you go back and forth. So we'll be getting to another stout, actually, today as well. I love that she started off with a brown ale. This brown ale is outrageously good, by the way. Very, very good. And uh, next we'll go to an IPA uh, from a brewery in Austin called Thirsty Planet, which is one of the cooler brewery brewery names ever. They have Um, one called uh, Thirsty Goat. It's fantastic. That's their amber ale. It's really good. Yep, that is really good. We'll be trying their Fat Bat. It's a hazy IPA. Fat Bat. Yeah, bat. We'll are they talking about like a the... baseball bat, or are they talking I, about like no? A... They're talking about a bat. You know, Austin famously has like the the caves where right, right. people go and watch the bats fly out mm-hmm. at dusk, and and it's bats are a, a big thing. We have that here in Houston as well, mm-hmm. by the way. But uh, but Austin kind of does a better job of publicizing. Our caves look more like bridges over a bayou, but yeah, but yeah, they, but it, yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, the Austin <laughs> caves are a little more cave like, but <laughs> yeah, little... in any in any event, uh, they, they yeah, exhibit more cave like qualities. I think than that's our caves. I think that's where the bat thing. <laughs> came from but you'll you'll see when we get to the can it has a very fat bat on the, nice. on the cover which is uh, which is kind of nice hey um good news for uh cigar uh, aficionados and fans and uh, particularly for anyone who um does business in the cigar industry uh the ups uh and teamster deal looks like it is going to take place and the reason this is important is because it's important obviously if you're not affiliated with either UPS or the Teamsters Union, uh, the reason it's important is almost all cigar shipments, not only from cigar online retailers to consumers, but from cigar manufacturers to stores, right. brick and mortar stores, almost all of those are shipped UPS. And the reason is because that uh, Federal Express mm-hmm. and uh, U.S. Postal Service will not allow you to legally ship tobacco. Huh. So UPS does the huge bulk 
portion of shipping this. So if there had been an actual UPS strike, it would have essentially halted cigar deliveries Is that, into the United it, States. Do you, do you Not to they, mention to you if you ordered it on JR. Do they have Holtz to comply with specific uh, government laws about tobacco, government tobacco laws or state tobacco laws that you have to keep up with those kind of things? I'm sure I'm sure there is some of that, but UPS is is a an organization that is actually willing to do that, whereas Postal Service and FedEx just say no tobacco. Now in fairness, I've received plenty of cigars FedEx from friends. <laughs> yes. But not uh you know they they weren't labeled cigars on the outside what's, of the package. What's in this box? Yeah. yeah. Books. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I can tell you coming from the coming from the radio and record industry there's a lot of other stuff that used to get shipped in uh, FedEx packages what's in this as box? well. Yeah. More books. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the uh, article in uh, Cigar Aficionado said we don't have a concrete percentage, but by far the majority of the cigars that are shipped to the United States are sent via UPS. And uh, so that's uh, basically uh, they're saying they only have two choices, U.S. mail and UPS. But U.S. mail, because it is government established, is more uh, prone to regulations and, and things mm -hmm. like that that would be potentially uh, problematic. And I think... I was trying to think back because I've ordered cigars online from a number of different manufacturers. And I think the, all of them have arrived UPS. Yeah. I don't think I remember a time when it was uh, any any different. So anyway, good news. Uh, it looks like the strike has been averted. I've, I've gotten a few packages from UPS that look like they went through the training facility. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. And you know, at my – because I live in a, a big high-rise building downtown, and I just feel so bad for the Amazon drivers. They, they pull up in their trucks and they – Unload this huge like pallet, yeah, pallet of, of packages. boxes, and they all look like this. The life has been drained from them. These poor guys. I, I don't know. You know, I, I I just feel for them. I think they're. Well, I don't know. There's I think, so many packages being delivered every day now in the United but States. But they don't deliver like you know in a building like that. They deliver them downstairs. They don't deliver it to every True. floor, right? So and I, and I'm they sure gotta love that. They gotta wheel that in and be like. Here you go. I'm sure those guys love it much more than like if I send something to my, you know, send an Amazon package to my mom's house. They're like driving out to the middle of nowhere. And the, nothing's <laughs> clearly road. marked and it's dirt roads. They're like, who lives out Cat here? And cattle why, gates and dirt why roads. Why do they need this little book, you know, or, or uh, Hee Haw DVD or whatever it may be? So, uh, you know, that's true. I have gifted my mom Hee Haw DVDs. <laughs> nice. that's, that's why I pulled that out because that's happened. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I, I do appreciate the Amazon deliveries and I very much appreciate the UBS deliveries. And I hope you guys are, uh, are you know, happy with your settlement because – you know, we need you. Yeah. As as fans of cigars. You gotta move you. those cigars. Yeah, absolutely. Um, still to come on the program today, of course, we, you know, I didn't even do uh, do our drinking news teaser headline. So perhaps I should tell oh. you about that. Not only do we have more beers to sample and the Irish whiskey that we mentioned, but we will uh, be bringing you this show's most popular segment coming up in the second hour. Uh, and that, of course, is drinking news. That's where we bring you uh, a story from the news that is, uh, you know, very very likely to be true. Uh, we at least believe that they're it's true. supposedly true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, stories that are sometimes not always about drinking, but always best listened to when you've been drinking. And today's Drinking News teaser headline. Is that a reptile in your pants or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> so we'll get to that coming up. It is uh, Smoking and Toasting. We'll be right back. <laughs>
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. I love those things. My name is Cruz. This is Ian Barry. And we are still kind of drinking the last of this uh, of this brown ale. This is really good. Yeah, I want, I want like some of that... Uh, some of that uh, 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 Shinerbach bread to mm-hmm. like sop up the rest mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Uh, Going to tell you about some cigars to watch for at your local cigar uh, shop. Rocky Patel is doing something very unique with an upcoming release of the Rocky Patel Dark Star. It's a Honduran rolled cigar that contains a small amount of tobacco that has its origins in Paraguay. I don't really? know if I've ever smoked any. I've uh, never even heard of tobacco. Paraguay tobacco in it. It's an unusual tobacco, and it's a part of Dark Star's filler blend. Uh, is a seed from Paraguay that's being grown actually in Honduras. Uh, it's the opposite of Esteli, Rocky says, uh, referring to the region in Nicaragua that's known for its spicy strength. He says it's got more of a nutty characteristic, very close to Costa Rica and a lot of almond. It's not sweet, sweet, but it's got a sweeter mm-hmm. uh, constitution to it. There's just one leaf of this varietal in the filler blend. So it's not a lot, uh, but the blend also has tobacco from the Hamastran Valley of Honduras and the Jalapa region of Nicaragua. The binder is Mexican San Andres, which just kind of seems mm-hmm. like it's the go-to yeah. uh, for a lot of these now. Uh, the wrapper is a Corojo seed grown in Honduras. Uh, Dark Star is meant to smoke somewhat like a Cuban cigar, Rocky says, but it's not strong. He was trying to make a cigar that's Cuban-esque, but more mild to medium. Uh, it will uh, come in a Robusto, uh, in a Toro, in a 60, and the extra pudgy short star. And the uh, retail price will be between between 1050 and 1250 If he's got a 60, yeah, and then he's calling the short star extra pudgy. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, the 60 is, is a longer cigar, obviously. Right, right. So that's uh, – uh, Rocky's used unusual tobaccos before. He's used Panamanian tobacco mm. in the edge, and that became yeah, a yeah. huge, huge success. So we'll see uh, – see what happens. Alec Bradley Fine and Rare is returning for the first time since the brand was sold to Scandinavian Tobacco Group. Uh, This year's limited edition of Fire and Rare BCN 143 from Alec Bradley is scheduled to ship in November. And like all of the previous Fine and Rare releases, it will contain 10 different tobaccos. Wow. Now, Cigar Aficionado went on to say that uh, this has been highly successful for Alec and Bradley, except for one off year. Apparently, one year, the blend didn't really work all that Not well. Not so much. Yeah, huh? but, but it's been uh, very, uh, very significantly uh, 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 well-received mm-hmm. by uh, Cigar Aficionados. Uh, it's going to use a binder. It's going to use a Honduran Criollo 98 wrapper, uh, two binders, one Honduran and one Nicaraguan, and then a blend of the following tobaccos, Honduran Criollo 98, Nicaraguan Criollo 98, Honduran Criollo 98 from a different area. In fact, all of the uh, filler tobacco is... Uh, either Criollo or Corojo, but they're from a lot of different regions. Wow. And so the uh, filler tobaccos, they say, will be both Ligero and Viso primings, and uh, it'll combine to 10 different leaves. Cigars will retail for twenty five ninety nine, and only 2,500 boxes are being produced. So, yeah, there you go. For those of you who can afford to splurge, it might be something interesting uh, to try. And finally, the new E.P. Carrillo Short Run 2023, which is the first short run made in Honduras, is on its way to cigar stores as we speak. Oh, you know uh, I love E.P.C. Yeah, I, the I'm going to definitely try that. This version of Short Run is rolled under contract for E.P. Carrillo by one of your favorites, Oscar Valadares nice. Tobacco Company, uh, based in Honduras. 
Honduras. It was uh, previewed at the PCA trade show and apparently was very well received. It'll come in three sizes, a Robusto, uh, which is 5 by 50 uh, a Toro, which is 6 by 52 and a Gordo, which is 6 by 60 Price will range from 1075 to 12 75 for the short. I love EPC's big ring gauges. They're, yeah. They're probably some of my favorite big ring gauges. I, I really like their cigars in general. I, yeah. I've just found, uh, I remember when it was during the middle of the pandemic when one of the first times we ventured out, all of us with our masks on, and you and I, we went to see Bill Burr. Yeah. Remember? And oh, our yeah. buddy Alan Denny was, uh, was with us, and he brought some of those EP Carrillo. Uh, the pledge. Was it the pledge? Yeah, that was just it came out. Yeah, oh my pledge. goodness, that was such a wonderful experience. Oh, man, we had we had great. Bill time. Burr was great. We drank lots of beer and smoked lots of cigars. Yes, we did. It was because yes, you can do that in an outdoor <laughs> show. It's a, it's a very, a very, very cool thing. All right, we are going to take a break here in just a moment. But coming up, we still have, of course, drinking news, which we told you about, and we'll be getting back to that. We also have several more things that we are going to uh, sample, including Thirsty Planet's Fat Bat Hazy IPA, the Equilibrium Brewery's Graceland. Imperial Pastry Stout. And That's easy for you to speaking say. Speaking of Imperial Pastry Stout, uh, those are the barrels that our uh, whiskey rested in, in uh, that we're going to be sampling later on in the show, which is the Whistler Irish Whiskey. So I'm looking forward to that, even though it hasn't been opened yet. Exercise extreme caution, Ian, when opening and pouring the whiskey. I, I will. We'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toastin'. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. All things that we love. That was extra special good. Yes, mm-hmm. one more beer yeah. sacrifice for the sound. <laughs> we uh, we understand that that's a necessary part of the program. Uh, the uh, recent um, big whiskey event was, of course, the San Francisco World Spirits Competition for 2023. And I wanted to share with you it some was, of the, it was a spiritual event. Some of the absolutely a spiritual <laughs> event. I wanted to share with you uh, some of the uh, category winners because this is always a very interesting uh, event, and it's pretty pretty much regarded. As you know, kind of like how the Great American Beer Festival is regarded mm-hmm. as kind of like the craft beer event. This is kind of the spirits event for most for most people, I think. The best in show whiskey winner and best single malt whiskey was Tomatin Highland Single Malt, thirty six year. Ooh, yeah. So Tomatin, I'm sure that the, doesn't cost much. One of the lesser known gems of uh, of Scotch whiskey. I'm looking to see if they give us. A uh, uh, price, price point, yeah. I, uh, so far, I haven't. Uh, Tomatin thirty six. I, I bet you could look it up and discover it's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's a dollar or two. Uh, yeah, Tomatin thirty six year. Uh, let me get to, get the title right here. Let me find it. Thirty six year old batch Highland one. single malt. Yeah. Um, it's one thousand four hundred ninety nine dollars okay. yeah, for yeah. a bottle. I, I can see how that could, uh, you know, potentially do well at the. Uh, at the big festival there. Best overall bourbon was from Augusta Distillery, Buckner's 13-year-old single barrel. Also won the best single barrel bourbon in the 11 that's years That's a older pretty category. old bourbon. A lot of times yeah. bourbons are seven right. or eight right. years. Yeah. Best straight bourbon is William Heavenhill, ninth edition bourbon, uh, the latest expression in a long-running uh, series of special edition bur- bourbons released by Heaven Hill. It's real hard to go wrong with Heaven Hill. 2008. Uh, oh, yeah, and it's... Um, it's an exceptional bourbon, although they say it is among the most expensive bourbons currently available at a list price of over a thousand dollars a bottle. So, <laughs> wow! Well, yeah. yeah, so you those, know, this, those extra years tack on a little time. You know, uh, us sharing this with you is kind of like 
people that read the Rob Report. You know, uh, we've talked about this on the show before. The Rob Report is that magazine that's all about this is a great know, bourbon the, to, the to stock on your airplane. You should, be, you should own and all that kind of stuff. And I'm convinced, by the way, that less than five percent of the Rob Report's readers are people who can actually afford those things. But they're mostly people like us that go, "Wow, wouldn't that be great?" So, so in order to dream, uh, you can go for things like the uh, uh, the best small batch bourbon award for up to five years, which went to Mystic Farm and Distilleries Broken Oak Small Batch Bourbon, which comes in at 50% ABV. And the best small batch bur- bourbon was Colonel E.H. Taylor Small Batch Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. I got a bottle of that at my yes, house. Yes, and that one didn't cost you a thousand bucks. It I? did not, actually. Yeah. Like So that one's, that one's not even expensive. If you can find it, it's $42 or Forty something dollars. Now I haven't heard of this one. Um, tell me if you ever heard of this. The best single barrel bourbon up to ten years was Whiskey Thief Distilling's Twelve Riders on the Storm. I haven't seen that. I love both the distillery yes. name and the bourbon name. Whiskey Thief, I've heard of, but I've yeah. I've never heard the. Uh, uh, it is a ten year old craft distillery in Frankfort, Kentucky, and they uh, they gave it some really big notes. Doc Swanson's or Doc Swinson's rather exploratory cask French toasted bourbon. Uh, were was the best special barrel finished bourbon. The best Tennessee whiskey was Jack Daniel's twelve year old, and the best rye whiskey was Lock, Stock and Barrel Vatted Straight Rye Whiskey. The best American single malt, Lost Lantern Gentle Giant, Balcones Distilling, in Texas. Balcones, the single crushing malt. it. Those guys have been crushing it for quite a while. Mm-hmm. They really are. those guys and Garrison Brothers. I feel like yeah are 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 they're. <laughs> Their notoriety is extending well outside of mm-hmm. Texas. You know what I mean? There's a lot of great Texas distilleries, a lot of them. But those guys seem to have kind of punched through the noise a little bit yeah. and become known uh, above above and beyond the, uh, the Texas state uh, line. Best American blended whiskey, high bank distillery, whiskey war barrel, select double double Pinot Noir. Select I'm double double. It's, yeah, it's easy for me to read. I guess it's a fifty-seven point seventy-five percent ABV, and uh, it is apparently quite a thing. Best special barrel barrel finished whiskey is rare character whiskey single barrel Hakita cask finished rye, and the best blended Scotch no age statement Johnny Walker Blonde. I've never had Johnny Walker. I've never blonde. had the blonde. I've had the gold. Yeah, I've had. Uh, I've had obviously. the gold. I've had the blue. I've mm-hmm. had the black. I've, I've the had blue. the double black. I brought the double black on the show one time, I think. And the best distiller. And single, red. We don't talk about red. The best distiller, <laughs> and, and for good reason. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, the red. best distiller single malt scotch, no age statement, was the Glendronic Portwood single malt. Glendronic, it's hard to go wrong with too. Yeah, that, that is a very good whiskey. So we're gonna have an interesting one on today's show because it's uh, it not men- not mentioned in any of these, but it's. Certainly looks interesting. The Whistler Irish whiskey finished in the stout it's just, barrels. It's just sitting, it's there, just sitting there taunting it's, us. It's whispering. At yes, me. you are in fact the whiskey whisperer. <laughs> the whiskey so. whisperer. <laughs> so Ian has poured us a concoction here from a uh, brewery in Austin, and uh, it so, is the Fat Bat. This is Hazy Austin IPA. Hazy Fat Bat. Mm-hmm. Um, at coming in at five point eight, we're bumping it up just a little bit on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that the uh, it has the picture of the bat on there. It says Thirsty Planet, and this says Enjoyed Upside Down. Yeah, and, it would have been it would have been a one one level funnier if the labels were all upside yeah, down. Yeah, see, I would have probably gone for that. Uh, go ahead and show that can. I know, I know we have the B roll. Go ahead and show that can just so people can see. Yes, that is indeed a fat bat. 
He almost looks like a piece of Halloween candy. Is what he looks <laughs> yeah, like, it's pretty. He? It's a pretty good, uh, yeah. a pretty good rendition of a bat. Right. So we don't have a whole lot of other information on the can, but that's that's yeah. pretty fun. So right off the bat, if you will pardon the pun, um, I am an IPA fan, and I particularly love hazies. So I'm excited to uh, see what the guys at Thirsty Planet. Have done. Mm, I'm gonna see what you think of this one. Let's see, uh, I'm picking up. Some interesting flavors, especially on the front oh, yeah. end of it. I get uh, uh, there's lots of citrus and mango. Mango is big. Mm -hmm. It's like a real pulpy kind of mango kind of Maybe flavor. Maybe even a little pineapple in there. Maybe. It's got this interesting, almost malty character that happens at the very like <clears throat> beginning of this mm -hmm. that immediately disappears and turns into like and turns into hazy IPA, hazy uh, pulpy mango thing, and then it has this bitter finish that. Um, Kind of like that old, uh, like that old gum, the gator gum that used to make you like. Oh yeah, that makes you salivate. Makes you salivate yeah. like crazy. <laughs> kind of leaves my mouth feeling like that. I uh, I really like it. I think it's a it's a fairly unique take on on hazy. It's getting to the point now because so many different breweries have done hazy or juicy IPAs, yeah. and so many of them are really a little difficult to tell apart from the other ones. Yeah. And this one, and I think it's the bitter on the finish that. That makes this a little different, a little unique. I really do it's like an interesting it, bitter too, though, because it's not a pine cone kind of bitter. No, it's almost more like a, a, a like when you have like, a cocktail and it has bitters in it. I was so, almost that. I was going to say almost an astringent bitter, like like uh -huh. you get like if you get a little pecan shell in your mouth or something like. And that's that, where like that, that Doritos kind of effect comes from, right? Where, right. Where you, uh, you immediately want more. I I agree. <laughs> I think it's I think it's really good. And uh, uh, Thirsty Planet does does very solid beers. I drink uh, I drink. Thirsty Planet, especially when I'm in Austin, but they have the uh, like I said, their uh, their uh, Thirsty Goat is their Amber Ale, and they have a few others that are really uh, fun. I think they're all named after. Uh, so I picked some this kind of critter. Yeah, I picked this up in uh, New Braunfels when I was there for the uh, family reunion and tubing extravaganza, uh, and that was uh, uh, that was one of the things I saw. I was like, oh, I have to try that. Yes, you know, yes, yes. <laughs> look at that, look at that can. So that's the way that worked out for me. But uh, yeah, that, I think that's delicious. I would. I would most definitely go for that. Would you? I love, um, I love the the or the range of beers that we try on the show. <laughs> well, like we, we just we, try a little bit. Of we everything. do try for variety. We really do. But yeah, we've gone from the lavender beer to the uh, brown ale to the uh, hazy IPA, and because I don't think you know, there's a lot stuff. of people like I don't. I don't think either one of us are the kind of people like. I just don't drink the same thing every time. I don't right, smoke right. the same cigar every time. I want to try different stuff all the time. Now, where do you line up for Trappist beers? Is that a thing you like? I love Trappist yeah. beers. Well, there's a, a new article in Food & Wine, very reputable uh, uh, website and magazine. I mean, if you like those things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they're <laughs> saying that uh, beer lovers shouldn't lose faith in Trappist breweries just yet. But they are expressing that there is a very real danger that Trappist breweries could go extinct. That's a scary thing. Yeah. Well, in an era dominated by lagers and hazy IPAs and non-alcoholic beers, Trappist brews, they say, have remained a small but quintessential part of the global yeah. craft beer experience. But even as their existence is threatened, they say, due to factors like the rising cost of the ingredients and an aging workforce, uh, the handful that remain continue to turn out, turn out some of the most iconic uh, beers in the world. A few of them, though, have fallen over the uh, last uh, several years. Several of them, which I can't pronounce, but one in, in Austria, uh, I think it's called Stift Engelsdau. Um, and the United States' only Trappist brewery ever to exist, Spencer Brewery. Both of those uh, shut down last year. That's sad. After eight years of operations. And the International Trappist Association, yes, there is such a thing, uh, they revoked 
Ashel Abbey's official Trappist Brewery title when the last two monks transferred away. So I guess to be a real you Trappist Brewery, have. you have to have monks on site. Yes. If you don't have a monk on site, there's a, there's no Trappist Dale. There's a few styles, though, that I think are, have fallen a little out of favor. Um, and I'm sad to see, like, I'm glad to see that uh, Belgians kind of still stay there under the surface a little bit because mm-hmm. that's i love belgian style beers i love all the the fruity ridiculous big beers like that uh some of them got taken over a bit by uh by the sour uh right the craze. sour craze yeah, that, that really a, did. well according to the uh, head of marketing at west molly and ita uh manu powells he says he's very quick to point out that trappist beer is not actually a style Rather, it's a designation that must meet three conditions to be considered authentically Trappist. It is brewed in a Trappist abbey, and it is produced entirely under the control of the Trappist monks of that abbey. And he explains that Trappist is the common name referring uh, to the monastics belonging to the order of... The Order of Cistercians of Strict Observance. I'm not pronouncing that right. I apologize. My, <laughs> my sure, monk is not I'm that sure good. I'm sure that has been yeah. slaughtered. Yeah, um, I've spent more time with Monk, the TV show, than I have with actual uh, monks. But anyway, uh, third, the, the revenue serves for the sustenance of that abbey community and to support charitable causes. So if it doesn't have all three of those right. things, it is not considered Trappist beer. But again, Trappist is not necessarily a style. I associate Trappist with a certain style because I think of Chimay and 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 some of the Ooh, other Roquefort, yeah, right, things like that, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the reality is, it's a, it's not a style; it's a description of huh. how and uh, what the conditions have to be that it's produced under to make that, that shows to make that work. Yeah, well, you know, you're not a monk either. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Uh, so, all right, let's um, let's review. We have great stuff coming up on the show, including drinking news. Uh, uh, we have uh, more to more to sample, including from Bowen Distillery, the Whistler, the Irish whiskey finished in Imperial Stout barrels. And we're going to go back and forth with that, I think, in our Imperial Pastry Stout, uh, which we're going to be trying yes, in the next uh, couple of segment as well. Plus, um, we're going to talk to you a little bit more about the greatest uh, whiskey bars in the country. I, when I think of whiskey There's, bars, I, I think of a couple here locally that I love. Yeah, Room but, 101, which is really Poison Girl, house, which I love. Yeah, Poison Girls. I mean, there's some great ones that have popped up and made their name like that. And and but that's just in our backyard. Uh, the greatest ones in the world. These are places to put on your, you know, vacation destination yeah, bucket, bucket list. list. Yeah, 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 for sure. So we're going to be getting to those here in uh, just a couple of minutes. And I'm 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 forgetting now which segment we're on. Are we here? We are here uh, and going here. Very good. So that means we're uh, uh, we're just about about time for us to take a break but before we do let me tell you about the latest celebrity whiskey there's another one leonard skinnard leonard skinnard has yep. a vanity they're, project they're releasing hell house whiskey and uh, it is designed to raise a toast to the timeless spirit of rock and roll in time for the band's uh, 50th anniversary and they show they show a picture in the article they show a picture of the guys and i was just like wow those guys have been on the road for many, many years. The only years. original member is the guy yeah. that drives the tour bus. Yeah. I, like to say, I like to say about uh, when somebody goes to see Foghead, I go, yeah, the Triangle Player is an original member. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we are going to take a break and uh, come back. We have uh, drinking news yet to do. We have some more drinking to do. And we're going to tell you about these uh, whiskey bars that you must experience coming up at Smoking and Toasting. Wow.
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. I was thinking about how there's so many like celebrity whiskeys and tequilas and all this stuff. I think that the uh, the cooler uh, you know wine and spirit and, and uh, beer shops like Specs here in in our town and whatever it is in your town. I think they should start doing a celebrity aisle, right? Where it's right. just where there's just like a, a poster of the celebrity and their beverage, whatever it is. <laughs> and it's like oh, there's Matthew McConaughey and Wild Turkey. Oh, look, there's ZZ Top and the uh, Balcones uh, whiskey. Which, by the way, I just polished off my bottle of that. That's good. The balcony is easy top one. Really, the, the little good. character on there is awesome. Yeah, uh, it's it's really really awesome. But yeah, but there's so many of them now. It's hard to you know, it's hard to keep uh, keep track. But I will mention some of them not so bueno. If you have always wondered what proper how good proper twelve or bad proper number twelve Conor McGregor's whiskey really is, we did a whole show about that just a couple of shows ago. So you can go back and and find it in the archives and and check it out. It is a uh, Right there, yeah. No, yeah. I uh, spilled a little bit. Uh, see, this is why I, I clear the net. Yeah, you know, on most no of OSHA these. compliance on yeah, this. I know. Right. I had to see a knife come out. I had to see all yeah. kinds of things that's happening that's right exactly here in the studio. Right. Danger. So now you understand why I try to do this at home before we get into the <laughs> studio. Right. It's because I'm all about safety. Right. For you knife nerds, that is a zero tolerance knife. Yeah, by the yeah, way, I, I, I guarantee that some people at least knew that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so all right. So Ian, <laughs> tell us what this says on this because this whiskey is was this actually a collaboration well let me tell you it says um according to the surgeon general no i'm just joking uh whiskey whiskey the whistler uh, imperial stout cast finish is a delicious collaboration between bowen distillery and uh logill brewing company Okay. L-O-U-G-H-G-I-L-L, two words. Okay. Uh, we filled a number of the finest sherry casks with uh, Logill's Imperial Stout. I'm just going to pronounce it that way from now on. Uh, imparting its rich chocolatey malt tones into the wood. We then refilled these casks with our signature blend of Irish wheat, malt, and grain whiskeys, which bestow deeper characters of roasted coffee, dried fruits, and cocoa nibs. So interesting. They started as sherry casks, mm-hmm. and then they put the Imperial Stout in them to coat the... Uh, uh, the wood with the uh, imperial. Oh, stout. this smells amazing! And then they drained that out, and that would have been fun to drink. Just that, uh, but then they drained that out and replaced it with their uh, their whiskey. So um, I would wear this like as a as a cologne. It's beautiful. Yeah, like it's the malt right up front, and the chocolatiness on the nose is pretty amazing. Beats the hell. There's out like of a the... little bit of a funk in there too. That's kind of interesting. I think it probably uh, the sherry cask influence. I, I on think it. you're right because you you can pick that is up on the nose like a, right at the end. Yeah. I feel like I smell that. Yes. Yeah. Mm. It's really incredibly interesting nose on this. Mm. This is a very interesting whiskey. Oh yeah. Oh. Like it keeps going too. It sure does. It's, it's interesting. It's buttery. It's which uh, I didn't necessarily sweet. Expect. Yeah. Now a lot of um, uh, Irish whiskeys tend to be sweet, but I don't think I've ever said one is buttery before. Uh, it's chocolatey. It's like, but but chocolate in a silky kind of mousse kind of way, not like a right, not like a chocolate bar kind of thing. Yeah, I don't get cacao nibs, which I know they said were were uh, in the description as much as I get. Yeah, like a creamy a big vanilla chocolate. and um, almost a uh, cotton candy on the retrohale. That's a lot going on. There's like you so said, much happening. Going. Yeah, it just keeps going. Very interesting. I'm getting the cotton candy now. You're absolutely right. Right on the button about that. And a little tobacco-y kind of thing going on as well. Very interesting. What's the ABV on this? Is uh, it, is it, uh, this is coming in at 43%. Mm-hmm. 
So slightly overproof, not big, no color added, non-chill filtered. It's fascinating. But I will tell you that on uh, the beginning of the finish, if that's a thing, uh, the beginning of the finish, it does present itself as an Irish whiskey. It's got just that right yeah. Irish whiskey vibe. And then here comes all that other stuff that happens and keeps going. But Well, this will be very interesting to go back and forth with this and our Imperial Stout, says, which we have coming up. It says, up, from so. the goodness of the uh, River Boyone, we take our name. Mm -hmm. From the goodness of the Boyone Valley, we take our ingredients. And I think it's got a lot of goodness. Oh, the, the little wooden top to the cork has musical notes. Mm, all right, we'll explore that and be right back. It's Smuggin' a Justin. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting, our program, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. This fine spirit. This fine spirit, uh, you know, uh, we uh, I was asked about it in the break. We didn't share this in the previous segment, but uh, it was uh, the question was how much did the bottle cost? And I want to say it was about $38. So this was not an expensive uh, whiskey. I've been known uh, to buy some expensive uh, whiskeys, but this one was not. It's pretty darn good. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and highly recommend it and go get some myself. See, and this is what we talk about from time to time. This is called smoking and toasting, directly influencing sales. That's right. Because Ian will be buying They're a bottle of at least one more on bottle. his way home. Right. So that's, that's the way right. it works. That is the way it works. I like so, that there's a little specs right on my way home too. Yeah. See, it works out really well like that, doesn't it? <laughs> I, uh, I'm really, I'm really digging this. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention about it was I think it gets better as it goes, and not just. Because you're maybe, you know, experiencing the alcohol. But I mean, from a flavor no, standpoint, it, yeah. Once it once your palate kind, kind of, of adjusts, adjusts to, yes, yeah. absolutely. Like it gets even better. And I'm actually picking up, and this is really weird because when we get to this next beer, this Graceland, it's a guy in a banana suit dancing like Elvis on the front label of the beer. But I was just mention I'm getting actually a little bit of banana in this whiskey. And Elvis Elvis banana dancing. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe it's just the <laughs> it's suggestion. It's a banana Elvis dancing. It's a psychosomatic suggestion from the dancing <laughs> banana Elvis on the upcoming uh, bottle of stout. But anyway, we'll get to that. But first, we have to get to the most popular segment on this program, and God knows why. It's the uh, segment where we bring bring you. Story from the news. These are not taken from parody sites. These are things that are believed, at least, to be true from legitimate news sources. Uh, and we bring you a story from them that is sometimes, although not always, about drinking, but is always best listened to when you've been drinking. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Drinking News. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Well, welcome to drinking news. And our uh, topic today is, uh, Things in your pants. All right, is is this something where I need to uh, uh, to to have some background music to create the mood? Maybe, or, or should us... I pour beer instead? Well, man, that's a tough. That's so a tough I, challenge. I don't know what's happening. That's like, a tough I, challenge. I Why don't you give us some like think... true crime music? <laughs> you come up with like any like true crime. 
As shoplifting has become increasingly common as a crime over the last few years, we've all heard about stores like Walgreens and CVS taking drastic measures to reduce shrinkage by placing more and more products behind plexiglass I've experienced and under shrinkage. lock and key. Well, as a side note, my general rule for reducing shrinkage is just not to jump into really cold water. But that's not important right now. These steps by Walgreens and other stores come after more and more customers have tried stealing items by placing them under their clothing. And it's not just tubes of lipstick or a box of condoms. <laughs> no. Shoplifters have been apprehended recently after stuffing... Oh, that was nice. After stuffing ribeye steaks, what? <laughs> a ham, or even a whole chicken down their <laughs> pants... And trying what to leave the store. Hold on. What kind of pants do you have? A, a Florida man. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait for me. Florida man. A Florida man was caught leaving a store with a stolen crossbow in his pants. <laughs> and a woman in Idaho. How the heck did he get caught? I mean, it's a crossbow. <laughs> a woman in Idaho was apprehended trying to stuff a chainsaw into her. Of course she was. I, I, That's going to leave a mark. Yeah. I mean, these have got to be stretchy pants, right? Yeah. But this story, <laughs> today's drinking news story, may be the one to top them all. Apparently, another Florida woman, Florida man, 25-year-old Ariel McCann LeCoyer, Florida man, was in the passenger seat of a car pulled over in Punta Gorda for running a stop sign, according to the Charlotte County Sheriff's Office. The Florida woman... And a 22-year-old Florida man who was driving the car. Florida couple. They initially told officers they were trying to collect snakes and frogs from underneath an overpass. Which seems believable because, you know, Florida. Florida. <laughs> Deputies were given permission by the couple to search their bags. And when they opened the trunk, officers retrieved, and you can't make this up, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles backpack <laughs> stuffed. I mean, what else would you use? With 41 three-stripe turtles. Three-stripe. No, I can't do this anymore. They were, <laughs> I'm going to pour beer. The turtles in question were apparently neither teenaged nor mutants. And upon evaluation, the turtles also did not seem to possess any sort of ninja skills. But as if that wasn't crazy enough, our story now takes a bizarre little turn. When deputies asked the pair if they had anything else, Michon LaCuire, the Florida woman, reached into her yoga pants <laughs> I told and you they were gonna be stretchy. Pulled out a one foot long alligator <laughs> from her pants. Alligator pants. <laughs> because I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> because of course she did. Because Florida. <laughs> Excuse me while I whip this out. Yeah. Michonne LaCroix pled guilty last week to possessing an American alligator, possessing I mean, how do you hide that? You know, <laughs> possessing more than one turtle per day, possessing wait, 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 that's a law? That's a law apparently in Florida. You can only possess one turtle per There's day. There's a story. There's a story yeah, about yeah. that. Oh, you know there is. <laughs> like we'll have to dig that, back and find own, that. That's but, its own story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What does have, that even mean? I have to drink more before I get to the end of the story. <laughs> uh, she was uh, she was pled guilty to possessing an American alligator, possessing more than one turtle per day, transporting more than one turtle or turtle eggs, and one count of possessing a soft shell turtle. 
<coughs> which sounds delicious. Uh, she was sentenced to six months probation, 200 hours of community service, and she was ordered to donate $500 to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Committee. They didn't tell her not to wear yoga pants, huh? Mm. <laughs> now, obviously, we don't have to tell you how freaking dangerous it is to place a live alligator of any size in your pants. Gators, according to the Smithsonian National Zoo... Have I mean, been, that have, sounds like a hold my beer moment. Yeah. Like <laughs> well, gators have between, this out. between 74 and 80 teeth in their mouth. Bro. Bro, you'll never guess what I have in my pants. <laughs> not to state I mean, the <laughs> not to state the extremely obvious, but we would strongly recommend that you should try and keep as much distance as possible between those gator teeth and the family jewels. So try to keep as many alligators out of your pants as can be had in a lifetime. Or in Florida woman's case, away from her the JJ or any of her difficult to replace the lady bits. So the, the, but that gator might not despair. be <laughs> That's good. I have to remember that. <laughs> that gator might not be the only dangerous thing that you should try to keep away from the inside of your trousers. So as a public service, those of us here at Drinking News have put together this top five list of things that could be even more dangerous in your pants than a baby alligator. Top five things more dangerous than a gator to put in your pants. Number five. Those late-night Ginzu TV knife sets. You know, you've seen those things cut through nails and blocks of woods and even a radiator hose. Number four. A Red Rider range model air rifle BB gun with a compass in the stock, like Ralphie wanted in A Christmas Story. I have one of those. Because, as you know, you could put your eye out. It, it's, or it's something. Not yeah. to give this away, but it's right by my front door. It is loaded, and it's in the, it's in the um, umbrella holder. Good to know. Number three. A bottle of Malort. Number two, one of those weird-looking Chucky dolls, because you never know. <laughs> and the number one thing more dangerous than a gator to put in your pants, number one, the honey badger, because we all know exactly what it is that he does not have to give. And uh, so reporting live from Florida, where I'm keeping gators and Ginsu knives and everything else far away from my radiator hose, yeah. my name is Cruz, and that is your... Yeah, honey badger doesn't give a <laughs> Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Man, that's good whiskey. Yeah, it really is. And it gets better. And I'm not just saying this because I'm more under the effect of the alcohol. It just gets the taste gets better as you Dude, drink. Dude, look at this. Oh, yeah. This looks like motor oil, doesn't it? <laughs> the, the, the look on Mr. Moreau's face over there. He's like, <laughs> now you oh, don't, you no. don't have to participate. So, all right. So, this you, looks amazing to me. Like, this is what right. I want in a beer. First of all, it's been a while well, since Well, actually, I really want alcohol in a beer. But. After that, I like it to look like this. It's been a while since we've had anything from Equilibrium Brewing on the show, but we have had their beers before. Yes. And they've been quite creative and very interesting. This is their Graceland Imperial Stout with peanut butter, it marshmallow, so and good. bananas. I was going to say it smells like, like marshmallows. You can smell right. the marshmallows. Like maybe a toasted marshmallow. Now you can see why they have the dancing banana Elvis. Oh, okay. It because it's like toasted peanut butter and peanut marshmallows. Peanut butter and banana you know how, sandwiches. You know how good those... Uh, uh, Swiss 
those uh, those uh, General Foods uh, instant coffee smell when you open oh, the can. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah totally. they don't taste that good. But yeah, you know but how they, they smell? smell? Uh-huh. Like this smells like that in the yeah. best oh, possible way. Yeah. Oh, you this smell is the a, like the nose on this is amazing. You know, what? It, it reminded me of, the smell reminded me of the flavor of a banana split. Mm. Oh, this is this is like three kinds of fantastic. Mm. By the way, I think this bottle cost more than the whiskey. But uh, really, yeah. <laughs> wow. I, think, I think it was like I think it's about the, the same other thing I about. I think it's about thirty. So, yeah, this is this is wow. one of those Cavour things. I think it was about thirty-eight bucks. Um, <laughs> but let's see if it's worth it. It is so good. Yeah. Like this is wow. That's great. Like this is top of the rock right here. That, it it really does taste like a banana split. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'm super curious to see what happens when I go back to the whiskey. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, oh, it brings out a, um, um, what is it, like the cotton candy thing that I tasted mm-hmm, earlier? Mm-hmm. It brings that out and gives it kind of that. Almost bubblegummy? Like yeah, the, that like powdered, the, that, that like, but that cheap, like it came with the card. Like when you used gum. to get a baseball card and it had that uh, yeah. stick yeah, of really yeah. cheap gum in it. That, you, yeah, that would really break hard. when you chewed yeah. on it yes, and yeah, that and would finally have... stick together. Yeah. You know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, like, like, the, like the dust on those things is what mm-hmm. you get, yeah. right? Yeah, what was that dust that they put on there? So I guess so it didn't stick to everything. I guess maybe so it wouldn't like, like seep into the card. You know, yeah. you, you get your card and it's yeah. all warped because the gum you know seeped into it. I don't know, uh, but that's oh. I, this. The coffee flavor in this is just absolutely delightful. It's it's, it's interesting because it's so brown, but when you catch the light just right, it has a slight redness to it's it. It's very syrupy though. Like you almost could think of. This being poured on top of the ice cream in the banana split, right? I love this. Yeah. I would yeah. drink this floating down the river. Mm. <laughs> like, I have no problems with that. <laughs> yeah. I would be like, what's, what's, the, how can I get a Mexican lager? Can I get some buckle bunny? Give me something light, a Pilsner, anything. <laughs> Ian's like, I'll drink this floating down the river. And you would too. Wouldn't you? I, would, I would totally do it. Mm. Speaking of which, I'm going to be doing that next week, or this weekend. Yeah. Have you got your big cigar ready to go? No, I you forgot to, to buy one. To go get but a I'll go, yeah, I'll go get one this week. I'll get. It, I'll pick up a JFR. But I also saw. Um, I also saw a Fuente that is just. It's like for nine those inches who, long. For those who haven't heard him talk about this before, Ian, it's like a, a summer ritual for you. Yeah, yeah. He goes, my brew club goes. He goes and, tubing, uh, and he takes a cigar that is so huge. That he's still smoking it after he's tubed after all the way the tube, down the yes. river. Yes, by the time yeah. I get out of the river, I still have cigar to smoke. Yes, <laughs> I love that. It's fantastic. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Uh, so when I went to uh, the river, we we didn't really tube down the river because the water level was low. So we kind of got in the river and like floated around a little bit. We're gonna uh, be we're gonna be right off a of canyon lake, so I suspect that's gonna be more like what's going on this year. But I can drink something like this yeah. on the lake, too. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I got the biggest kick out of uh, um, the, my, okay, so he's my wife's brother's son that makes him my step-cousin. Mm, I'll go with that. Uh, anyway, Jonathan, great great guy. I love hanging out with him. He had a, uh, a cooler on a tube, mm-hmm. like floating around there with him that had uh, beers and stuff in it. <laughs> And they got to messing around. The cooler floated away, oh, like no. down the river. <laughs> so they had to go like go. to all these other like sites, de- people sites down the river. Have you seen our cooler? Because somebody <laughs> down the river was like, "Dude, yeah, yeah." <laughs> except I, my I, dreams have come true. Except I hate to break their heart. Jonathan drinks Michelob Ultra, so uh, uh, that's, uh, that was what was uh, in it. So yeah, but still, 
Free beer is free beer. Uh, yeah. Even that's like having river water on river water. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or ranch water at the ranch. Ranch water at the ranch. <laughs> uh, it, it works so well those days. But anyway, you're going to be on a tube floating down the uh, the river with an enormous cigar that it will take you longer to smoke yes. that cigar than the yes. whole trip down the river. I will also, at some point in time, about <laughs> two hours into this trip, realize that no one I know has gotten out and has to pee. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a big realization. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, when you're floating out, there's certain gritty truths yeah. that when you're floating on a river, and you the, gotta. And the fish in the river are like, dudes, come on. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. There's a, there's a warm current going on this river. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a drinking news story in the making. Uh, we will uh, take a break and we'll be right back to wrap up the show. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And Ian, I have to do this, even though this is our final segment, it's a relatively short one. I have to do this because I can't like promise it for two shows and never do it. Uh, the uh, whiskey bars, best whiskey bars, 12 best whiskey bars in the U.S. All I'm going to do is give you the title because we're short on time. I'm going to give you the title and then encourage you to go to Mashed dot com, which is a really cool website. It's a lot like liquor.com or or uh, foodandwine.com. Did, did we not make it to that again? Uh, we're going to make it because I'm going to give you the titles of these. So there's 12. Uh, starting with number one, the Brandy Library in New York City. Despite the name, it's that a whiskey sounds, bar. That sounds like yeah. a place I want to stop. Yeah. Seven Grand in Los Angeles, which looks really cool in the, in the photo. I encourage you to check it out. Delilah's in Chicago. My, my, my Delilah. The Ashton Cigar Bar in Philadelphia, which I regret to say was not yet built when I lived in Philadelphia. Mm, or I would have been awesome. a regular at that. Uh, the Multnomah Whiskey Library in Portland, Portland, Oregon. Um, this one just looks amazing just looking at the photos. You'll get a kick out of these if you go check out this article at mashed.com. The Jack Rose Dining Saloon in Washington, D.C. Hundreds and hundreds of bottles of whiskey on the wall here. Nice. Really amazing. And the Old Hickory Whiskey Bar in Pensacola, Florida. So there's a smaller city that, uh, mm -hmm. that came into the uh, to the ranks here. Bourbon. That's the name of the place. Bourbon in Columbia. That South pretty Carolina. much says it all. Mm -hmm. I think it takes care of it. And I love that this one is in here because it's right up the road from us in San Antonio, Texas. 1919, they say, is an amazing whiskey bar. Just as its name applies, it transports you to the clandestine world of hidden speakeasies of the Prohibition era. The next whiskey bar in Washington, D.C., Looks really amazing on this, and again, you'll want to spend time on this article. Just kind of taking that it all has in to be a, and making the, notes. The, that doors reference. Show me way yeah, to the next yeah, whiskey ab bar. Absolutely, uh, the Flatiron Room in New York City looks very, very interesting as well. The Scotch Lodge in Portland, another Portland, Oregon entry. And so there you go. Those are your twelve entries in the must-visit whiskey bar. If you're in Houston. Then you got to go to Room One Hundred and One downtown, across the street from. Uh, so that's that's actually like a local haunt for me. Yeah, room you got it. It's right across the street from the House of Blues, uh -huh. right, and then a yep. couple blocks from your house. And they have a great whiskey selection. That's <clears> so if you're right. looking to talk to crews, you can just go out there and you start just walking. Go ahead, yeah, just walk in yell. on any random Thursday, you know, and um, I'll be there at the bar. And then that was uh, where you and I Poison first Girl had over on Montrose, mm -hmm. uh, right across from Shaw's Tattoos, I believe. Mm -hmm. So. Um, if if anyone knows where that is, but anyway, uh, yeah, Poison Girls is a great bar as well. So. And you know, there's great little hidden gym whiskey bars all over Absolutely. the place. 
and and there's a there's great. I, I wish I could remember the name of the one that I went to in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Stayed there overnight one night on my way into uh, uh, to do something, and it was right around the corner from the hotel. And just walked in. I was like, this place is great. Oh, I yeah. love it when you find those yeah. places. You, know, you just walk in and go, this this place. Oh wow, I wasn't expecting this. A hotel, awesome. you know, hotel, staying in a hotel and trying to find a local haunt is mm-hmm. sometimes a little sketchy. Without if you're just walking, well, it can be depending on what part of town you're in. Is right. it touristy? Is it not? Like the only know. place to drink around here is a Red Robin. <laughs> <laughs> but they do have a couple of good beers on they tap. They always have the a Red couple Robin. of good beers yeah. on tap, and yeah. you can you yeah. know you can have they the fries. Do. Yeah, it, it's it's better. It's better than Buffalo Wild Wings, where I believe their slogan is 38 beers on tap and one of them is good. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. I, I think well, one of them's always slogan. Shiner. Yeah. Well, at least around okay, here. Okay, so they have two because they have Sam Adams and Shiner. True, true. Two good right. beers. But I don't need to go out of my way to find Sam Adams and Shiner. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, you should be able know. to find those anywhere. You can actually go uh, to most convenience stores around a Buffalo Wild Wing and get a better selection. Oh, of no question. If there's a time wise, <laughs> just bounce <laughs> right. right in. You can find a pretty cool little selection of craft yeah, beer yeah. in the cooler. It's happening more and more. Although I am still a little distressed at how much of it that makes it into the coolers at places like this and onto the menu at restaurants for yeah. that matter. That is That's AB owned. Pure laziness. AB owned. Yeah. Pure, laziness pure laziness on the part of the beverage director. 100%. So we encourage you, beverage directors, do not be lazy. We encourage you. We will you, call you out. We encourage you who uh, love uh, peanut butter and nanner to try this <laughs> equilibrium uh, uh, beer. If you can still find it, it's definitely worth it. So, and uh, we encourage uh, everybody to come and join us again uh, next week's show. I have no idea what we're doing next week. Do you have any? I'm working on it right now. We're going to okay. see what happens. I'll All let right. you know. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we are excited it's, to be. It's either going to be just us or we'll have an awesome guest. Well, I'm waiting, on, I'm waiting on confirmation All back. Right. All right. Fair, fair enough. I won't jinx it. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody who's involved in making this program happen. That includes our executive producer, Adam in the Sky, our engineer, Terry Michaels, uh, Ian, and myself. And thanks to our special in-studio observers this week. Thank you guys for, awesome. for hanging out. I hope we haven't turned you off to the world of podcasting forever. Um, have, a, uh, have a wonderful week, my friend. Friends, we will be back with you next week and uh, until we meet again. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. Sunshine is so good to you. It's okay.